The What Happens in Vegas podcast is hosted by Dr. Stephanie Canistrero, who is a functional medicine practitioner and owner of the Vegas Clinic. Through each episode, Dr. Stephanie will share her wealth of knowledge and insights from being in the functional medicine industry for more than 10 years. Through solo and guest episodes, the What Happens in Vegas podcast will break down the fundamentals of how our bodies function and tangible ways to maintain a healthy mind, body, and soul. Each episode will provide tips and insights on true self-empowerment and healing so you can live an optimal life. She will welcome experts from around the world to discuss gut health, high performance, biohacking, longevity, and so much more. Listen in each week to learn and leave empowered with tangible knowledge to enhance and live your best life. You're building that muscle up. Now, if you were to do that with EMF, if you were to be exposed for an hour a day, then take a break for 23 hours, then expose a little bit, you're going to build a little bit of a tolerance to it, even with chemicals. But the problem is, is we never take a break from it. And over time, day in and day out, we get our bodies broken down from these energies. And that's the problem. Okay, Ryan, thanks so much for being on here. I mean, I am just always so excited to talk to you because you just have so much information. It's just like so useful and we can put it to use right away, like right after this call. So that's my um, my goal for today. Just give people a bunch of tidbits that they can help make their environment more healthy. Yeah, free, easy, basic things we can do. Yeah, thanks for having me. So can you like, I never really asked you this because we did an Instagram live before, but how did you get into being so passionate about the home environment in general? You know, I've always been fascinated with how the environment affects the body, how we interact with the outside world and all the things that our bodies go through that ultimately determine our health and uh, working in different industries. But, you know, about 10 years ago, I got sick from mold myself living in uh, a moldy environment. I just wasn't conscious of it at the time. Um, and came really, really sick. I had to move out. It got better. You know, I went through three or four different traditional doctors and not one of them asked about my environment. It just kind of blew me away how there's such a gap, such a need for awareness around this topic. And it's such a big deal for our overall health. And no, not a lot of people back then, especially were talking about it. Now more people are, but it's still not even mainstream. And so we started this company to just kind of help bridge that gap and bring awareness to people and, and look out for people. And you're, are you an electrician by trade or are you? So I'm electromagnetic engineer by trade. Oh, I also okay. have um, degrees in building biology, which isn't really a degree. It's more like certification or training. Yeah. I, I mean, there's so few and far between like a, someone that actually knows how to test your home. So, okay. Where do I even start? So right now my kind of thing that's like lighting a fire for me is all of this, like the 5G that's kind of rolled out. And I've been doing my own research because I feel like it's really affected me. I got sick in November, 2021. I know that was like a big rollout phase. I'm seeing towers go up like crazy everywhere. So can you talk about, first of all, anything you want to add about 5G or that new frequency and then like how we can protect ourselves from that specifically? Yeah. You know, in a lot of problems, you know, 10, 20 years ago, you could walk outside and you weren't primarily exposed to a lot of these frequencies. You would still have the cell towers. We have AMF from radio stations, but they were up up on the hill or, you know, you could see them. Now the problem with 5G is we got them on every street corner. You can't go outside without looking at a tower these days that's right in your face. And when it comes to overall exposure, it's proximity that determines our overall uh, effect from the exposure. So the closer we are to these antennas, the closer we are to the devices, the more uh, overall harm it's doing to our body. And so now that they're all over the place, it's really hard to get away from them. But 
I do want to take a little bit of wood off of that fire and focus a little bit more on the exposures we're getting inside the home because majority of my clients that call me out because of they're worried about the 5G towers, they're worried about the cell tower down the road, and they should be, that's dangerous. Then I walk in and they have their Wi-Fi router sitting right on their desk and they have Sonos speakers and they have AirPods in and they have their cell phone on their lap. And when we do the measurements, I actually have them say, turn off all of your devices inside your house. And then let's just turn your power off and let's take a reading. Let's see how much of this from the outside is getting in. Let's say it's 100 or 500 um, microwatts are getting through the wall. But then we say, okay, now let's do an experiment. Let's turn all of your devices on and let's see how much you're actually adding to it. And in majority of the cases, it's exponentially higher the devices that we have inside of our home. And it's back to that proximity. We're a lot closer to that. That router that's right across the wall from your bedroom or the wireless printer in your office. And all these devices, you're so close to them, they're actually overshadowing and actually giving you more harm than the 5G outside. Yeah, wow. So, I mean, I know there's simple things like unplugging your your router, like turning off your printer, or do you unplug it completely like the wireless printers? Yeah, you know, ultimately, if we can hardwire our home, that's kind of what we want to work towards. Because 20 years ago, we kind of went off track with all this wireless stuff. Back then, everything was hardwired. We had a, a phone line that connects your internet, or the telephone was connected through the phone line. Now, everything is wireless, and that's where we get into trouble. It's using high-frequency energy to shoot these waves through the through the air. Those are going through our brain. It's going through our body. It's affecting us. And so if we can eliminate as many wireless devices as we can, that's really what we want to shoot for. But then the next step would be turning off these devices when we're not using them. So I, I talk about practical avoidance. What that means is that we avoid these exposures if we don't need them. So if you only use your printer once a week to print off something, there's no reason to have it sitting on the shelf behind you in your desk eight hours a day exposing you when you're not even using it. Same thing at night. If if you don't need to have your Wi-Fi on at night, go ahead and turn that thing off. Don't let it expose you when you're not getting any benefit from it. Because these things, people need to look at EMF like a carcinogen. It is a class 2B carcinogen. There's enough studies out there now that it's not speculative anymore. No. We know that this is damaging people. So you need to look at it like smoking a cigarette or using a toxic chemical. It's, it's on the same category. So if you're going to be exposed to these things in your home, you better... Dang, we'll make sure that you're getting some benefit from it. And if you're not getting any benefit from it, turn it off and unplug it. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Like the studies that I've read recently and things that kind of spiked my interest in it was like, I got really sick in Las Vegas when they had just rolled out 5G plus. And I don't even know if some people know that exists. It's only in 40 different arenas or something right now, or stadiums. Like it might be a little bit more now, but they've actually made it an even more direct wave. And I, I might be butchering this because I'm not like you, I don't understand electromagnetic frequencies. Like a lot, but like I'm learning like what they do to the body is they affect our, our calcium voltage gated channels, which also mold effects. And I know that it makes mold stronger, right? So there were some studies where they put them near these frequencies and, you know, mold gave off like 600 times more spores or something very relevant. So have you seen that? Like, have you seen molds growing more frequently in, in places that are higher exposed? Like, have you seen like more kind of infestation of mold like can you tie those things together from what you've seen yeah so the study you're talking about is the study that dr Klinghart did and he put a wi-fi router next to a group of mold and then he put uh, a wi-fi or he turned the wi-fi off and he grew some mold in another enclosed area and all environments were the same 
and it was releasing 600 times more mycotoxins. So the mycotoxins is the poison that the mold puts off. That's the thing that actually really makes us sick. And the reason is because the mold was sensing that there was something wrong in the environment. There was something going on. I felt a threat. And so it was releasing, it was his defense mechanism, trying mm -hmm. to put these poisons out there to protect itself. And so what we see in these homes now, and especially since they're really airtight, People don't get a lot of ventilation in their homes. Now you have a mold problem. Now you have a, a exponentially higher EMF radio frequency. It's provoking this mold to release more mycotoxins. It's building up in the environment. And that's why we're seeing sick building syndrome going through the roof right now. Wow. Can you explain the waves? And again, I was trying to read about them and learn about them because, okay, so 4G is more like a radio frequency and this is more like a millimeter wave, 5G. So it's kind of like a microwave, more comparable to a microwave right the higher the frequency the smaller the wavelength and so what happens is at higher frequencies we can use we can send more data because there's more opportunity to send data on the smaller waves the problem is is that well and this is a good and a bad thing because the higher the frequency the easier it is to block so because okay. It won't look, think of an am radio station it will travel for hundreds of miles the wave okay. on an am radio station is like a mile long it's crazy but you can pick it up long long ways away versus like a microwave or a satellite which needs to be line of sight direct line of sight okay. so what happens is like the 5g and the 5g plus we're just getting higher higher frequency what happens though is that it can't penetrate through trees as easy it can't penetrate through walls as easy so that's why they need to put so many of them yeah um and when you are in direct line of sight then you're getting that energy uh, more powerfully to your brain. Now, there are different studies that show different frequencies can affect the body differently. So one uh, frequency, for example, is 2.4 gigahertz, which is what they use in the microwave. So they found that to be the most damaging to tissue. The mm. reason is because it vibrates the water molecules so violently. And it that's why they use that frequency in a microwave, because it's so effective at heating up heating the food, up. essentially mm. damaging you know, your finger, just like a hot dog, if you're put it in the microwave, you'll see what it does to it. Oh, so gosh, unfortunately, yeah. so they made that a, a, a frequency that you can't buy or sell the open source. Because of that, Wi-Fi uses it, Bluetooth uses it, cordless phones use it. Now, I know conspiracy theories go wild on that one. All they want is see if that's nefarious or something, but that happens to be the most damaging frequency to the human body because we are made up of water as well. And so we look at these frequencies and how damaging they are. That's the most damaging one. Now, different frequencies can have different effects on the body depending on the person. Okay. And so, I mean, yeah, because we think of frequencies, even like there's the Rife machine, you can have curing frequencies, frequencies that are healing. And then ones that are, you know, obviously really detrimental, which we're being exposed to, you know, without any human studies on them. This is the human study. They only studied it on animals and it really wasn't great results, right? From what I read. Right. Yep. Yeah. And the studies have been going back a long time. They've they've known about this for a long time. There's this cool movie I watched documentary called John Ott. Um John Hot or John John Ott. Ott. John O T T. He used to work for Disney. And he would experiment with with um, long frame photo, photo, photography using different colors of lights and different frequencies and how it affects plants. But he did this back in the 40s or 50s. It's an amazing thing. But they did also studies on rats and, and humans and also animals where they would put 
tube televisions in the room and then they would take them out and then they would monitor and they'd film and watch the people and they did it over slow frame photography and it's it's amazing but see it just goes to show they knew about this stuff 80 years ago like it's nothing new really no and uh they're they're not going to stop rolling it out so that's why i guess we have to learn how to live with it in some ways like as long as there's money to be made that's unfortunately what drives our world it's really unfortunate but then you think like they're injuring themselves too, like in their families, like, you know, the people that actually know that are like, are allowing this to kind of happen. Like, I I don't, I don't really quite understand, but yeah. Okay. So that's one of the frequencies that we have to talk about, but other things like, and I just reshared the video because it's so powerful. And I've had a patient like with the thing where it was a kid with seizures, his head was right by like a smart meter room or something like that. So, and like, you know, you don't know, you got to know what's behind the wall that you're kind of sleeping on. So can you kind of talk to that and what you've seen? And, you know, even that story with that person that had, I think it was a blood cancer that you said, a rare blood cancer. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's a lot of stories like that where we go into the home and we find something wrong. And that particular child in that area has some issues, but you really want to look make an eight foot bubble around your bed and just Uh make sure that you don't have any appliances or electronics or, or power panels in that room. And some people say, well, I live in a small apartment. I really can't avoid it. You know, that you need to, it's hard because sometimes you got to prioritize your health at all costs. And sometimes that can mean moving if it's, Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's a hard conversation, but this stuff is really serious. And so if you are, exposing your body or your children to these waves over time you're going to have some problems you're going to have some issues so that eight foot rule of thumb is really good to use and and like you said what's on the other side of the wall you know is there the washing machine or the fridge you need to think about what's below you what's above you what's behind the walls make sure that that's kind of your little sanctuary your little cocoon that there's no electronics in there yeah. So if people try to buy their own meter, like I did, and then they're like measuring, you know, they do the H field and the E field, like what's the difference? What are you looking for? What do you want the frequency like close to you to be? And and what can people do to fix it if it is bad? Yeah. People usually lump EMF all into one. It's actually three different things. E is yeah. the electric field. Electric comes from the electricity. It comes from the wiring, it's the stuff you plug in the wall. The M is the magnetic energy that uh-huh. comes from motors, think motors, movements, uh, fans, washing machines, anything that has any kind of movement associated with it or the power panel. And then the F is the fields or the frequencies. That's all of our fun technology. That's all the wireless stuff. And oh, so okay. you use three different meters for that. Um, you know, Safe and Sound Pro is a really good one to use for radio frequency. Okay. And so when you're looking at that, on the top, it's kind of cool because they have it color coded, which makes it super easy. So you don't really need to. I could throw out a bunch of numbers, which you probably wouldn't remember. Just look at the color code on the top, and if it's green, you're good. If it's yellow, you're in partly hazard. If it's orange and red, of course, you want to try to minimize your exposure in those areas. Now, when it comes to electric fields on the E, so if you have a meter and it's on the E setting, you want that thing uh, zero if you can. Honestly, we don't really want to expose ourselves to those that sixty cycle electric field because our body like you said the calcium gate and the channels in our cells our heart our nervous system it all works on electrical signals and impulses so if we're overlaying these artificial frequencies through our body that 60 cycle vibration causes a lot of interference in the body and their body it has a hard time detoxing it has a hard time communicating with itself it just causes a lot of issues 
Now, when it comes to the magnetic field, same thing with magnetic energy, if you depend on what kind of meter you have, but less than 0.3 milligauss is considered acceptable. And typically most homes will have that unless you're near a high voltage power line or like in the situation you're talking where there's a fridge on the other side of the wall or a washing machine or a dishwasher or the power panel. But if you can get that meter. And one thing you can do when you get the meters, turn off the power to your house, just shut everything down and go through the house and read your background reading, see what your levels are. And you're going to oh, determine okay. what your levels are that are coming from the outside. Now, th that's the reading that you really can't do too much about. Now, if those readings are really high, that's when you got to have that hard Think conversation. Maybe move. Yeah. But if those background readings are acceptable, be it, it's in the green for radio frequency, it's zero for electric and, <clears throat> and the magnetic field is less than 0.3 then turn all the power back on, turn all your devices on and go through and read those readings again. Now, if you get high readings, you might have to start turning things off one at a time to determine what is it in the house that's given me that high reading. Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like a quick basic one-on-one on how to do a quick EMF sweep in your house. Yeah. So the, the condo that we now use for treatment, we measured the bathroom and then realized on the outside, there's like an electrical room. And I don't know if it's the electricity that goes to the elevator or if or what but i lived there for years and when you go in there the, the meter just goes crazy but it's all the h h field is that so that would be magnetic yep so what does that mean like what's on the other wall so what that means is we have a lot of current that's traveling down the lines as a current travels on a conductor it throws off a magnetic field in a circle around that conductor so the closer you get the more powerful it is okay and then is that more detrimental than the E-field or like just? I see more of the serious issues with the magnetic energy. And this is, I think, why? Because we have iron in our blood. We have heavy metals in our blood. Yeah. That iron will physically interact with those in our body. Just like if I had a handful of nails and a magnet, it's going to attract. And then if I change polarity, it's going to push away. Well, those alternating fields rushing through the body in and out, in and out, are going to cause the metal and the, and the iron in my blood to the vibrators. There's going to be an interaction there. But also, uh, we have a nervous system that runs through our body. That's our electrical wiring. People don't really think of us as electrical yeah. beings. We yeah. are electrical, chemical little beings. And so as these magnetic fields are running through our own wiring, it's causing microcurrents in the yeah. body. I tell and people, like, even, like, you know, when you static when you shock something like, you know, just to prove like that's like your body discharging electricity, right? Yes. Yep. Yep. Because you're building up those extra electrons. Yep. Yeah. And even when everything was going on with me, when I had more of that higher toxic load and I was like, my hair was standing on end. I was like shocking everything. My heart was palping. Like it was like too much pent up energy in my body essentially. And then when I looked at my blood work, calcium overload, overload of iron, like, you know, so I was like literally like attracting it more than ever. So I think that just because, but it's throwing off of our electrolytes. Like I'm seeing this in, in lots of people. Right. Yep. So, I mean, taking minerals, like I'm huge on for people, but like to keep them balanced because, you know, I'm trying to use vitamin K to throw the calcium into the cells. I'm trying to get the extra metals out of the body, lower the overall toxic load, but like it's, everyone seems to be keeping this borderline high calcium is what I'm seeing, even like in athletes and everything. And I've never seen that before. It's so tightly yeah. regulated. And, and your job would be so much easier if people weren't going home to high EMF levels in their house. If they would, even if it was a third of the life at night, if they could just shut down, 
the EMF in their home and give their bodies a rest. And your job would be so much easier because you're fighting against this yeah. upstream yeah. problem. And I know I asked you this when we did a live, but like, are there any of these actual machines that help? Because I've been like, people have tried different things and they're like, oh, you know, the blue shield really helped me or like, you know, what are there any of those that you kind of support that you see or can measure an actual change or is it just. So there's two sides to that. And when it comes to the science side and the engineering side, we have all the equipment to measure it and know there's no change in the EMF. So when when a, one of those when those companies are saying we're blocking EMF, we're reducing EMF, they're being dishonest because it's not actually doing that. Yeah. Now, yeah. however, I do think the power of the mind is very very important. We don't want to discount that at all. And if people believe and think that this stuff is working for them, then it probably is. It's it's the placebo effect is very real, but is there a physical like uh, change that we can measure? No, there's not, unfortunately. So they're not taking waves and making them more scalar or modulating or any anything. Really oh, they use what? a lot of those buzzwords. That some. So I used to work in a nuclear facility, and there was some high tech experiments that we would do that had to be shielded, and we'd have to go underground, ten stories, and, and these big shielded rooms to do these things. And there were some sources that had some magnetic fields, and you could put some active noise reducers to where it would measure the magnetic field coming from a source and then it would invert the signal and push it back out to cancel that singular wave. Okay. But when we're when I'm sitting in a room and I'm getting EMF from all directions and uh -huh. thousands of different frequencies at different levels, there's not a machine that can grasp that, cancel it and re-energize it into the room. It's just not possible. Even if I don't care if you had a billion dollars to build a machine, it's not possible to do that. Yeah. But like you said, some of the things that you can absorb some of the energy like those, but only for a short time, like the rocks and stones, like they. Yeah. So just like we can, I can absorb water with a sponge, but that doesn't mean if I tape a sponge to my back, now I can go swimming and I'm not going to get wet. No, if I go, in, if I go out good... in a rainstorm with a sponge around a necklace, it's not going to keep me dry. So we got to look at it like the same concept of water. It's We're being immersed in this from all you would have to have a suit of shungite or a suit of okay yeah. for it to do anything <laughs> make one of those we'll just walk around <laughs> <laughs> but then you might as well just wrap yourself up in tinfoil i know too. oh <laughs> right yeah that's true but what about there's ones that you can even touch like you, you know how you can go down and like earth and that can help you because like you kind of can discharge some of like it's a way to like mitigate i guess right like going down touching yeah. the ground yeah. So I want to talk about that for a second because there's yeah. big misconceptions around that as well. Yes, please. There's a big difference between earthing shielding, and, ground. Earthing oh, yeah. and grounding. They're yeah. all different things. So earthing uh -huh. is the therapeutic thing that we do when we go and take our shoes off and we walk on the grass, we go walk on the beach and we're connecting ourselves physically to the earth and we're allowing our ions and our electrons to neutralize mm -hmm. so that we're not statically charged and we don't go around shocking people mm -hmm. and that's very beneficial that's very helpful to do that regularly yeah. uh, okay. throughout the day now the one thing you don't want to do though is be grounded in an environment where they have electric fields because what happens is now those charged electrons are looking for a path back to ground so they if take you ground you. yourself yeah yeah so if, if i'm in my office right here and i bring a wire in from outside on a grounding mat and i put my feet on it 
what happens to me now i become a, like a lightning rod i'm like conductor you're a conductor now all of this um electronics around me is going to say oh there's a good path to get back to ground it should be taking its own electrical ground but it doesn't it takes me instead so you don't want to do any kind of earthing inside your home unless you have your circuits off okay, okay so there's clients that I work with that we run a wire into the bedroom from the outside that's independent from their grounding system. And we turn the circuits off at night and then they lay on, a, on an earthing sheet and so that they're co connected to ground through the earth. Mm -hmm. Now, I see a lot of people, though, they plug those grounding mats into the outlet. <clears throat> and that's something that you don't really want to do. When we test grounding systems in an electrical system in the home we find that majority of the time there's what's called dirty electricity on the line there's mm -hmm. line interference and there's voltage fluctuations now you just connected your body to all these fluctuations on your electrical system in your house so unless your house is 100 purely filtered which i haven't seen hardly any homes that are uh, you don't want to be connecting your body physically to the electrical system of your house does that make sense makes sense Yep. Big misconception around that as well. So yeah. So, but when I say grounding, grounding when I say grounding, I meant on the earth too. Like, but I know that there's the grounding wires and that's what the actual grounding mats and all of that. But there's like people, you know, again, there's like this bed is grounding you and it's like the grounding bed. And like, you know, that's it. None of them are legit if they're plugging it into your electricity. Essentially. So if you were laying on your bed and I was measuring your body voltage and hooked it up to my oscilloscope, if I were to connect your body to ground outside and not through the electrical system, and we turned all the electrical system off in your house, we would show smooth uh, DC filled. It would show your body is equaled out. Now, if I were to unplug you from the ground from earth and I would plug you into the wall outlet and then turn your electricity on, you it would be crazy how much interference would be going onto your body because now you just you didn't connect to earth anymore. Now you're connected to the electrical system of your house, which has dirty electricity on it, which has a whole range of voltage fluctuation. And you're bringing that onto your body and we can measure that. So there's real science behind that. Oh, I know. I was literally putting that thing on me and I was giving off electricity. Like my hands were buzzing. Like it was not, it was insane. So yeah. yeah. Yep. And I, I wasn't at home. Like I said, I was in Las Vegas It all, but it's, yeah, I'm sensitive. I feel it on planes. I feel it a lot. Like you talk planes about- Planes are the worst. Yeah. I think majority of jet lag is honestly EMF exposure. It's so tough in there. I mean, even when I get in 10 minutes into it, just still sitting on the taxi wagon, start to feel it. I'm like, oh, yeah. great. Yeah. 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 So like not much you can do to mitigate- Airplanes are a little tough. Yeah. Yeah. Just when you're done, go ground, go outside for a little bit, you know, get out. Because it's coagulative too. Like it coagulates your blood These when you get too much of these this dirty electricity, right? Yep. It's because of the iron in the blood and you start sending those waves through and they start attracting together. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, this is a bit controversial, but I don't care because I just want the truth for people. But, you know, I, there's the one thing that people are clotting because of the vaccine which it does clot your blood like a hundred percent like they've showed that just like the spike protein does but now you're doing the vaccine that makes you make the spike protein plus there's other things in there that make it coagulative plus there's metal like products in there but even for people that didn't get that they're having coagulative stuff and this is where i come in where i'm like these frequencies are what are causing these 
COVID. Because that in the last three years, we've been seeing this uptick of clots, like huge, mm-hmm. right? So, you, you know, you just explained it. Like it's in your body can only handle so much. It gets clotted up and then you get an event. So it's important for us to neutralize and, you know, lessen as much as we can these frequencies on our body. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But we can't hide from them. Is our body going to adapt? Is there any like evidence of that? So if if this were to have happened over a thousand year period, then yeah, our bodies yeah. would evolve well, generation over generation. The problem is that this has happened in one or two generations. So of course our bodies can't evolve that fast, but yeah, eventually, eventually we'll probably have antennas. So if you come back to earth in a million years, if we're still here, we'll probably have antennas that can receive all this stuff. That's true. You know? that's, that's crazy. Honestly. Yeah. Our, our bodies do evolve to these things and but not that's that where, fast, but not that fast. And that's the problem. Is, and it, it's, it's kind of like going to a gym, you go to work out for a little bit, but then you rest for a couple of days and then you go work that muscle group out again and you let it rest. And over yeah. time, you're building that muscle up. Now, if you were to do that with EMF, if you were to be exposed for an hour a day, then take a break for 23 hours, then expose a little bit, you're going to build a little bit of a tolerance to it, even with chemicals. But the problem is, is we never take a break from it. And no. over time, day in and day out, we get our bodies broken down from these energies. And that's the problem. Yeah. I wonder if we're going to have to even change the ranges of what's like a normal calcium count or a normal, like, you know, and just like, but okay, here's other things that I've noticed in people younger and younger, it's like, like people are getting hair gray really fast. Like people 10 years younger than me, like there's like changing kind of like overnight, like, you know, and if you look genetically, it looks like their parents didn't gray till older. Like, and then I researched that and it's like oxidative stress on your cells from like the, these new frequencies, like, you know, we have the highest death rates in 18 to 40 that we've had since like world war two or something crazy. Right. And, and no one's reporting on it. So no one's scared enough. Like they were all scared of, of COVID, but like, this is arguably scarier. Yeah. And the reason it's scarier is because there's a lot of money on the other side, a lot of money to be lost. So there's a lot of lobbyists that are in Washington, D.C. to keep these laws the way they are and to not let a lot of this information out to general public. And these laws- So people are just unaware of it. Yeah. And these laws were made in like 1986 and how much has, or or before that, if I read correctly on like when, what laws were still going by as far as telecommunications or from what I understand, is that correct? Yep. Yep. Exactly. That was, it was a 19... uh, 98 study that came out 90. that a lot of the laws from the FCC were that set the levels the way that they are for radio frequency exposure. But even back then, if you read through that study, they say, yes, yeah, we acknowledge that this stuff is harmful uh, past this point. Below this point, uh, science is, you know, we don't know. We don't, you know, the, yeah. we're still researching it. That's what it says. And so that was 23 years ago and they're still researching it. Well, of course, when you hire people with an intended interest in mind, you're going to get an intended result coming back. There's two people researching this stuff, the people that are paid by telecom industry and then the real science and doctors that are on the other side looking out for people's health. And those are the studies you really want to look at because those are the ones where money is not the interest and not the driving factor. Yeah. Yeah. But there's no more like third parties double checking, like no one has the money to do these huge studies. Like they have all the money, like, yeah. So, yeah. And lobbying is a real thing. If me and you put, 
And we got a bunch of people together and we want to go pay a million dollars a month to a lobbying firm and have them pass laws for us in Washington. These, that's how it works. Yeah. Well, you know, we could do that, but who's got the money for that to, with these trillion dollar industries, you know? Are there any like countries that are like not letting this happen? Like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Like Switzerland, Germany, a lot of those uh, European countries, their levels are extremely low and they have laws just like, drug-free zones around schools they have emf-free zones like they take it really serious over there wow so we got to consider moving to different countries too <laughs> not just our house <laughs> but okay so i mean this seems boring now but vocs are another problem <laughs> which like you know we can are more i guess easy to get rid of but still again vocs volatile organic compounds right yes correct like don't we have more in Canada and the U.S. than they do in all these European countries too? The chemicals that are allowed on our clothes, on our couches, on our carpets to like be fire retardant or whatever. Yes, you're right. And we have over 88,000 different chemicals in usage in the United States right now. And only thousand or so of them have actually been tested on humans to see the effects and only individually. They don't test them together. For example, bleach mixed with ammonia makes a very toxic gas, which will kill you. So but bleach by itself is harmful. Ammonia is harmful, but together it's actually deadly. So what about three or four different chemicals? So the average female, they say, is putting 16 different products on her body every single day. That's absorbing through the skin. We're breathing that in. I have a teenage daughter. I know I go in her room. I'm good. I try to get all of her stuff out, but I still, you go in there and it just smells like a perfume factory. And that's just a lot of people's everyday life is they're lathering all these things on them. They're bringing them into their homes, but they're not thinking about the consequences of, of these chemicals that are being put in the body. Yeah, even the new car smell, like that's just full of toxins, right? Like yeah, that's formaldehydes and VOCs and it's chemicals, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, people, we talked about this too before. How is ways that you can, you just got new furniture. I don't know, you didn't know that it should have been like organic or not sprayed or so what can you do to offset that one of the biggest things you can do right now is just go over and open up your windows crack the doors a little bit get some fresh air in your home we talked about this earlier with the mold and that why that's a big problem but it's also the same problem with these chemicals we're not getting fresh air into the home i would say that's probably the number one most common thing that i see at testing thousands of homes is that people are not getting enough fresh air in their house it's that yeah. simple they they have the exhaust fan on the bathroom and they have the exhaust fan for the kitchen if it's even going outside. But where's the fresh air coming from? These homes that are built so airtight, a lot of times the only time you're getting fresh air is when you open the door to walk in and out. The rest yeah. of the time, it's a little closed sealed box and we're all breathing out CO2. We're all, it's off-gassing chemicals, the products we're using, the building material, all this stuff is off-gassing and building up in the home. And then we're sitting there and just breathing all this stuff in and exposing our bodies. You need to be getting that fresh air at least once a day. You should be opening up majority of the windows. Let your house fully air out, even if it's hot, even if it's cold. Yeah, I don't care. You need to get that home flushed out every single day and start yeah. with fresh air at, at a minimum. That's a minimum that people should be doing. Everyone can do that, right? Yep. Or uh, the next level is install install a system. An HRV stands for heat recovery ventilator. It brings fresh air in. It filters it. It spreads it through the rest of the house. It pulls stale air out. And it constantly does this in the background as a fan 24-7, uh -huh. bringing fresh air. The homes I test that have those systems always test phenomenal. So 
that can cover a lot of problems. So even if we have a little mold problem over here and we're using some toxic chemical over here, at least we're flushing that stuff out yeah. and bringing fresh air in. So ultimately, we want to eliminate the source, but fresh air is a good way to alleviate and knock that problem down exponentially. For people who are in condos, like, is there any way to filter their own air? I mean, obviously they can open their windows. Like, can they add an extra filter in their place to make it cleaner? Is there anything they can do? Yeah. And so air filtration is kind of the other side of it. So fresh air is one thing that's bringing in fresh air that's clean, doesn't have toxins. Now, the only time that wouldn't, because if it's fire season, there's smoke outside or high pollution if you're in the city. Yeah. But yeah. the majority of the time, the air outside is cleaner than the air inside. And there's some apps you can get on uh, Breezometer or airnow.gov where you can view what the air particulates are and what the air quality is outside. And as long as it's in the green or even in the yellow, it's always a good idea to flush that out. Now, the second side of this is the particles that build up inside the home. So we're talking dead skin cells. We're talking insect parts, insect feces, broken down foams and fibers and mold spores, mold parts, endotoxins, mycotoxins, on and on. This is what's built up in the home in the air. Now we want to pull those particles out by using air filtration. So People can use standalone filters or you can use your HVAC system. So every home that has an HVAC system has a filter built into it. Uh -huh. I would highly recommend replace that with a high quality one and just go over to your thermostat and turn your fan to on and just run that thing 24-7. That's what we do at our house. We have a high quality filter and we run it 24-7. It's always filtering. If you're still seeing dust in your house after you've done that, that's an indication that you need to have more air filtration. The dust comes from the air. It's particles that settle on the, the surfaces. So a sign, if in a perfect world, if your air was perfectly clean, you would never have to dust your house. Your house would stay really clean wow. because that's where the particles come from, from the air. So if we can catch those particles in the air using an air filter before they get into our lungs or get into our, our dishes or a couch or a pillow, then our exposure rate is a lot less. But filtration doesn't deal with chemicals or fresh air. Filtration deals with the particles. So two different things. Yeah. So is there any like of those standalone filters or uh, yeah, air filters that you would suggest? Yeah, my, we've tested all, all of them. As you can imagine, the Jasper, the J-A-S-P-R, uh -huh. uh, the guy that invented it came from the fire restoration business, smoke damage, and he needed a commercial grade unit, uh, but the, the one they were using was super noisy. So we actually invented one that's commercial <laughs> grade, that's really quiet. Okay. Uh, and not only really quiet, but low EMF as well, because a lot yeah. of those big motors throw off a big magnetic field. So it has yeah. uh, the, the magnetic field extends at about six inches where some of these others, like I used to like uh, IQ Air uh, based off of testing, they do a really, really good job. The problem is, is they put off a magnetic field about eight to 10 feet which oh. makes it unusable if you're going to put it next to your bed or next to your office because you're going to be now exposing to the magnetic field. Oh. So the Jasper is a good all around. It it does the best. It's the one we always recommend. I have one in my house. It does great. Okay, awesome. And okay, so what about, so someone, you come in, you find someone has like bad like wiring and stuff. Like, do you have to rewire the house? Or I heard you can put like copper filters or something. Like It depends on what the problem is. A lot of times homes, will have a wiring error where they've commingled different circuits together and you can just open up the switch boxes and you can look behind there and a, a good electrician will see where the problem is and they can fix the wiring. Um, and that's gonna 
give magnetic field issues if those are done improperly. We see a lot where the home's wired incorrectly and we get these high magnetic fields. So for example, we turn all the circuits off, everything measures fine. We turn it on and turn the lights on. All of a sudden we have these high magnetic fields everywhere and we can't yeah. figure out what's going on. It's yeah. Usually because they've tied some neutral to neutral together, or neutral to ground errors. Uh, okay. Which we can find those. Yeah. Okay. So what I was referring to was you actually helped me with one of my patients you, you did to her house in Arizona, but this was her house here that was like completely poorly wired. And we found like a guy, he's actually pretty good at the, just the electro- electrical. He doesn't do like the mold and everything like you. And he found that that place, like, so she must've been getting, he probably tested it the same thing. And it was like, 700 or something high. I think the H, which would be the magnetic thing. And it was right where she was sleeping. And she literally felt like she was going to die. Every time she was there, her heart went crazy. Like she had done all this work, got better, came back from Arizona, went there and just like every symptom kind of came back. And so they found, they thought it was mold and then there wasn't much mold. And then they found it was like wired wrong. And then he added filters. She still like refuses to go back there. She's scared, but like he said that he's fixed it with adding filters or maybe he did what you just explained, but I don't know enough of the story to maybe explain, um, clearly, but do you think it's probably one of those situations where you just explained that? Yes. Yeah. Either yeah. that, or there was some dirty electricity You mentioned filters. So when people use filters, yeah. they're f- filtering line interference. So dimmers okay. and, um, electronics, when they're operating, especially like CFL bulbs or fluorescent bulbs uh-huh. or blenders, motors, things when they're operating, they throw off interference onto the line. And that that line interference can also radiate out of the room. So if you're laying in bed and you have the wiring behind your, your head, uh-huh. it's only a foot away. And that uh, system is radiating out those frequencies into the room and that can affect people. Okay. And you can fix them with a filter. That's probably what it was. Okay dimmers you mentioned so lighting like is that's another thing you help with as well right we do yeah a lot of people aren't using lighting properly in their home and what i mean by that is so our bodies are in tune with the sun and it's no coincidence that it's like that our bodies have evolved on this planet with the sunlight and so when the sun goes down that's when we sleep and when the sun goes up that's when we're awake for the majority of people now we get those cues to sleep from the light so it's super important that we try to mimic what the sun is doing as much as possible. So in the middle of the day, that's when we want the brighter light. We want the overhead light. You want the full spectrum. Uh, and then once the sun starts to go down in the evening, we get more of the red hues and the yellow and the orange. And ancestrally, when the sun went down, our eyes were attuned to fire and candle and lanterns. And that's typically what we use for our light. Now, jump ahead to modern days sun goes down, what happens? Everybody turns on all these bright lights. You flip on the TV, you jump yeah. in front of your computer yeah. or your iPhone, and now you're getting exposed to the full spectrum again. And more particularly, it's the blue light that they've found is what actually will suppress the melatonin. So in the evening time, when our body should be producing melatonin and getting ready for sleep, the opposite is happening. Our bodies are suppressing because it's getting those cues from the eyes thinking that it's the middle of the day. Yeah. And so it messes up our circadian rhythm. So yeah, we do the the tips of like, turn off the overhead light, get lamps with like an amber tinged kind of lighting. But, um, do you think blue blocking glasses like help at least a little bit for if you're, if you are staring at the TV or screens? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're you're looking at the screens and the TVs. Yeah. No, you know, on, on the iPhone and the Android, you can put, uh, there's an app that you can take out the red in the phone. Uh, same thing with laptops. You can do the same thing. Take Uh, out the blue. 
even take out the blue. Yeah. 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 So both my laptop and my phone, when the sun goes down, it automatically transitions over and yeah. takes all the blue light out. Yeah. Um, I mean, ultimately, what we always try to go to the source. If we can eliminate the source, then we don't need these other things like filters and the glasses and things. If we don't have any blue light in the environment, then it really you don't need to. Where yeah. the glasses are really helpful, like when I'm I travel a lot you know, in hotels and in the people's houses, yeah. the blue lights really, or the glasses are really helpful. Then when I don't really have control over the environment, but yeah, when I'm of in course. Home, I'm able to set my home up so that it, it's set up correctly. So I don't necessarily need them in my house. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense completely. I'm just thinking for people where they're willing to start, you know? So sometimes like just the glasses are going to help a little bit, turn off your overhead lights. Like, you know, you, I have the, on my phone that it's like, just always, I don't know how, I didn't know you could set it for night. So it's just always taken out the blue. Cause I figure we get enough blue light anyways. I don't need to stare at it even in the day, but so just like little things, I guess that people can do, which you're posting about all the time, which is like they're not little, they're big, but just minimizing the exposure at nighttime. And you go as far as shutting off your breakers, right? Yeah, we have it wired up. So the kids side of the house where they sleep, their power goes off at nine o'clock at night. And then uh -huh. at six in the morning, it turns back on. And that's kind of basically their alarm system. Uh -huh. But it powers off the bathroom, the hallway, the the bedroom, it's literal lights out at night. And so on, on our side of the house, the master side, we have a switch so that when we're done for the night laying in bed, we just hit a button and it kills all the power around our rooms in the bathroom. Uh, and so we sleep in a zero energy field at night. And I tell you, I sleep a lot better um, yeah. in my own bed when I'm doing that versus out on the road in, in the hotels. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, and I work with a lot of athletes who are in a different hotel every night and like, you know, they have, now they have those like headboards that have like you know, all these plugs in them and there's like terrible light coming at you and terrible air it's, and it's adding up. You can see, like, like I said, in the last three years, I've dealt with stuff with these players that I've never seen. And even with myself. Right. And anyways, I got into this because I got, I thought I got sick 10 years ago, 12 years ago, but this one really kind of hit me hard. So it's really like forced me to just dive into like, what can we kind of optimize? Like, I can't have this ever happen to me again. Like, you know, this is just terrible. Okay. So did we, is there anything I missed that like is huge that you're seeing or anything that's like, I don't know, lighting a fire for you right now? Because like, like I said, for me, I'm like all into like this 5g and I'm like staring at every tower going up and I'm like, you know, it's just blowing my mind that this is happening, but anything. I think the we you covered a lot of the main stuff that I see, a lot of the, the important yeah. things. Um, but one thing I think that's firing me up is just the lack of education. And I wouldn't say ignorance, just because people the knowledge is not there. Yeah. Just how uneducated people are when I go into people's homes and they're just not even doing the basics. Yeah. You know, to me, the basic like the four pillars, it's clean water, clean air, clean food, and clean thoughts. Like those yeah. four things, you've got to be doing those things before you even think about doing all this other biohacking stuff or something, yeah. all these other things, you got to be doing those basic things. And if you're not doing those, you've got to start there. That's so important. Yeah. And we have to be diligent these days because the tap water that's coming out of the tap is not clean and safe to drink in the majority. Yeah. Of the oh, we didn't even talk about water. Yeah. Well, yeah. water, if you're not, if you're drinking out of the tap, you're need to get with the times. That's, <laughs> you need to make the investment to get a true reverse osmosis system 
and not one of these Brita picture on no. the countertop. You need a real legitimate system that's filtering out these contaminants. There's a lot of issues, especially with water in, in bigger metropolitan areas that's reclaimed water, <clears throat> like LA or Phoenix, where they're reusing this water because yeah. they're only filtering it enough so that you don't get sick. A yeah. lot of the pharmaceuticals are coming through, Still which includes a lot of the steroids, a lot of the hormones, and we see a lot of these issues these days. It's another controversial subject, you know, issues with gender and all this crazy stuff going on. Yeah. No wonder because a lot of these hormones are getting into the drinking system and you're drinking this. You're drinking all different ranges of stuff that you shouldn't be drinking. And pharmaceuticals are in there, not to mention yeah. the chemicals and then the disinfectant byproducts yeah. and then uranium and the arsenic. Yeah. yeah. You can you should not be drinking. And next step though after not drinking is showering and bathing because studies show if you're if you're taking a nice steamy shower every day you're getting about as much exposure as you would from drinking it because our our skin is very porous and of course when the, the steam comes up and we're breathing that in we're being exposed that way so super critical to have a whole home system and a reverse osmosis system to protect your water yeah are there any like shower filter heads that are good enough for people that like are renting don't own their home don't want to invest in that yet and you know anything that's like just takes the edge off a little bit or anything, you know, some of those will deal with chlorine and some, and, and some other things, but um, that if that's then your next step, then take that. That's better than nothing. Sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. But like, isn't there like the Berkey one, doesn't it get like a little bit of other chemicals, not just chlorine? You know, with our testing, we've done a lot of before and afters with a lot of these different things that we yeah. don't really see a significant reduction with Berkey. Just with um, chlorine? Just in general, across the board. So chlorine comes out of Berkey just by nature of it being exposed. Once the water leaves the pipe, chlorine is a pretty volatile gas. It will yeah, evaporate pretty fast. Yeah. So even just setting a picture of water out for an hour, a lot of the stuff, the chlorine is going to evaporate from that. Yeah. Okay. And what do you think about distilling water? Uh, I mean, that's the ultimate purity. But when you go too pure, then sometimes you need to add the, the minerals in if you're drinking it by itself. If you're drinking it with a meal where you have minerals in your uh, stomach, you're probably fine. But yeah. if you're drinking that water all by itself between meals, you yeah. need to add some minerals, add minerals with it so that it doesn't leach from the body. Yeah. 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 I wonder like what happened if you were to like bath in distilled water, does it pull stuff from your body as well? I would imagine. So it makes sense because it's trying to equalize. Yeah. I would say that that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. You detox. I'm not distilled water just... bath. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously there's just so many ways that we can lessen our exposures that like ultimately, ultimately, let's say perfect picture, like probably how your home is. You've got this thing, you're shutting off the electricity at night. You're hard, you've hardwired your internet, which people are, st you can still find people that are doing in most cities or do they have to try and find yeah. people like you? Call an audio video company, especially when it's been around more than five, 10 years. It's what they used to do. 10 years ago, 20 years ago anyways. And so uh, as long as they're not a brand new company, they should be fully equipped to hardwire your home. I would take make that investment, yeah. Okay, yeah, because we're talking about perfect world. We'd hire, and we would be in the country somewhere, <laughs> like, because, right? Like, at least some distance between some you distance. and the neighbor. Um, yeah. Where we really see a lot of problems is in apartments and condos and townhomes where you don't have control over your neighbor. And you might be doing all the right things, but your neighbor on both sides and above you all have the big gaming system and the turbo Wi-Fi going, and there's really not much you can do about that. Um, yeah. Okay. 
Okay. So we got to be a little bit of space between our neighbor. We want to, you have like a list of things like optimally like a mile away from a tower for a cell phone tower. Yeah. If you can go three quarters of a mile to a mile, you know, I used to say two miles, but these days it's hard to even find a place that you can even get that far. Oh, and it doesn't matter. You move and there's not one in a mile and they're going to be up there. Like, yeah, like yeah. I I can't I even know. I'm in Toronto and I can't even count how many have popped up in the last two weeks. Like I'm because yeah. along the highway, I'm just seeing them and I'm like, holy like anyway, they're everywhere. Yeah. OK, so we try to be as far away as possible. And then what about those big power lines? We didn't talk about that, but yeah, football field away from those football least. fields away. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. A lot okay. of, a lot of, not just the interference from the electrical field that's coming off in the magnetic, but there's a lot of uh, ground currents underneath those things. Wow. Because a lot of those neutrals are being put, dumped into the ground to neutralize. And so there's a lot of ground current. There's just a lot of electrical activity around those things. And same with substations, big factories, anything okay. using a lot of power, just keep your distance from those things. Yeah. And then five feet your cell phone from you at night but you should be turning it off and turning off your wi-fi anyways right yeah that's the thing at night it's a good opportunity to turn off and i have people say well i need it on my parents are older i got kids that are out get a landline Uh, you know we have the the uma this landline that we have here and it was only eight dollars a month they're super cheap i have a landline for for emergency exactly yeah so eight feet you want anything with a motor away from you like eight foot bubble yeah even 10 foot if you want to go a little extra mile there make that eight to 10 foot bubble around any of the high users so if you have a, a, a little baby in her crib what's all the way around the crib where you sleep where your kids sleep um, in your office it's a little bit harder because you have to have some of this technology uh, but make sure it's hardwired and then when you hardwire don't forget to put it on airplane that's yeah. important well yeah when you're talking on your phone never ever put the phone up to your head uh-huh. Um, when I talk on the phone, I have this, this cord, this cable is kind of all messed up here, but it's about a yeah. six foot cable. So I can put it in my ear. I can make the call and I can set my cell phone like five, six feet from me on the couch or on my desk. If I have to, or if I'm out, I can put it on the dash in the car Yeah, up my, by my head versus five feet away is like a 95% reduction. Yeah. What about these electric cars? I mean, so even, yeah, you we definitely have some and I, the, the newer cars just in general, all yeah. of them have Bluetooth. The majority of them have yeah. Wi-Fi and connectivity. A yeah. lot of electronics in there, seat warmers and everything. Yeah, you're getting a lot of higher higher exposure. Yeah, like I felt like I was doing myself a service by like I had to go to North Carolina and I was like, oh, I'll drive because it's not that far. But like I was in my husband's car and it was new and I was like, I feel terrible in this car. Like I'm getting worse in this car. Yeah, and I realized I don't I don't know what's worse like at this moment. Yeah, the best is just buy a meter, and when you're car shopping, just pull out of your purse or whatever, and just do the measurements. Is it different when you're driving than when it's just on? Or it depends. Um, when you're driving more, you're probably using more magnetic energy. But even just turning it on and activating everything, you're going to get a lot of the radio frequency exposure. Yeah, yeah. So I did turn on the meter, and it was crazy high in his car, much higher than mine, and mine's new too. But it's different. It's because it's. I, I don't know. I, I it's not so the I guess the Porsche has more buttons and more hardwiring, like less mm-hmm. computer. Like I think because they're trying to keep their old kind of sporty look. But yeah, I mean something to think mm-hmm. about for my next 
car is it's going to be i don't know a used car <laughs> with the, none of the yeah. uh the bells well, we're going whistles. through that same thing where my wife we need to upgrade um her car but that's the problem we're running into is all these newer ones are all super high emf and so we're like well let's just find an older one that some older couple had and they took care of and barely drove it you know that's in good condition i think that's what we're gonna have to do really that's that's what i'm gonna do next because luckily i only leased this one so we'll go from yeah. there okay and then we talked about filtering your water you like reverse osmosis the best what's your favorite um, on our website, so a lot of the answers to this stuff on our website, <laughs> we have under our shop section, we have the different categories, the products, the cleaning supplies, uh, the bedding, the EMF, the water, the air, all of the, the different things. And you click on it and it's linked to all the people that we recommend, all the products that we vetted. Some of them we have discounts for codes Amazing. for some of them it's just direct link to and we do that for our clients. So that after we go into their home and we uncover all these issues, OK, we'll go here and here's yeah. what you can replace a lot of the stuff with. Yeah. And that's at testmyhome.com. Testmyhome.com. Correct. And then your Instagram, which luckily you've recovered is um, at test my home. At test my home. Yeah. Oh my, amazing. Honestly, I could talk to you forever, but one other thing too, yeah. Yeah. um, is cleanliness of the home, taking off your shoes when you go yes. out of the house. This is something that everybody should be doing because we track so much nasty stuff into our house from our shoes. We walk the ge the general public out there is disgusting, you know, <laughs> the public bathrooms and the outside of the gas station is just nasty. You, Do not bring that stuff into your house. And then your kids crawl around if they're little or you walk barefoot and you absorb stuff in your feet, even like certain parasites and stuff like who yeah. knows. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's a good one. Well, it also aerosolizes in and you can breathe it in. And on top of that, also make sure you're cleaning your house regularly. Keep a clean house. That's yeah, super, mop super. every week, like clean yep. everything down, like wipe stuff down. Yep, damn dust. And at least once a year, do a deep clean. We used yeah. to do it when we go on vacation. We'll hire a cleaning crew to come in. <clears throat> and they, when I mean deep clean, they're taking everything out of the cupboard, cupboard yeah. and they're wiping the cupboards, they're putting everything back, they're uh -huh. removing, they're pulling yeah. the fridge out, they're pulling the dishwasher out, and they're cleaning yeah. behind I made the mistake of doing it myself this year. And then I think I inhaled too much and I set myself back a few days, but you know what? I took a lot oh, yeah. of binders and you stuff. You yourself and it's a lot of work too. It's a lot yeah. Work. yeah, yeah. Amazing, amazing tips. I think we've given people a lot to uh, digest, especially if they're not on this journey yet. But I think it's, you know, just start one thing at a time and then work your way around. But okay, so we said your email... I don't know your, your website, we said your Instagram, any other way that people can get in contact with you? Yeah, really. We have pretty good SEO. Just Google test my home and come up. Yeah. We're on Instagram. Sorry. So. I keep thinking of things as, um, okay. So there's just one more thing I want to say that people should keep in mind because I've had so many people, they're like sick and they're like, no, I don't have mold. I got it tested. Like for instance, the person I sent you to, and then you go in and you find all sorts of problems. You even found like radon gas for her, which we didn't even talk about that stuff, but there's so much that we could talk about. So, you know, very quickly, if someone comes in, like, just tell everyone, like if someone comes in and they're like, there's no mold, what can you have watched that those per people didn't do? I know there's drilling to look for it. There's moisture meters, there's air, there's like, what else? Like, or explain all of those things because I think some people go in and what what do they do? Just an air test, and then they're like, no, you don't have mold. 
Yeah, 90% of mold inspectors are going to walk in. They're going to look for visible mold. If they don't see anything, they're going to pull a couple air samples, uh, usually one outside and usually one or two inside. As long as those are fairly comparable, then they're going to say you're completely fine. Uh, the way that I actually uncover the most amount of mold is by just sitting down and talking with the client and going over the history of the home. And the one that you're talking about in particular, I think we're talking about the same one, they had histories of leaks. And once we start talking about like, oh yeah, the the bathroom upstairs leaked and flooded through and ran down the skylight. And oh yeah, we had a, a skylight leak over here. And oh yeah, the dishwasher leaked for a couple months before we found it and run, you know. Yeah. And so those are the kind of things that we're looking for because yeah. water is what feeds mold. Mold has yeah. to have water to grow. Yeah. And it only takes about 48 hours of a substance being wet before mold can start to grow on it. So we're looking for all of the, the wet and leaks that have happened in the past, but we're also looking in spots where we typically see mold underneath the sinks, behind the toilets, in the toilet tank. That's a good tip takeaway. Go look in the toilet tank and you get done uh -huh. listening to this. And if you have any kind of growth or discoloration in there, it's a good indication of a bigger problem because that's like a natural Petri dish in your house because when you flush the toilet, it pulls air into the tank. Oh. The water's dropping. If there's any kind of mold spores in the air, it's going to land in there. Now we have a dark, damp place that can grow mold. And so if you have any mold in there, bigger problem somewhere else. Also, looking underneath all the sinks regularly, poke uh -huh. your head up in the attic. If you have a crawl space below, go down there, get a suit, make sure you wear a mask down there. It's nasty. But do these visual inspections regularly, uh -huh. like every quarter, even every monthly. Just make sure that we don't have any kind of water leaking, because if we got water leaking, then it's going to turn to mold. Yeah. And then the other thing is some people are like, oh, it's just like in my grout. Like I just have to regrout. But if you keep having to regrout the side of your tub, doesn't that mean in behind the wall or somewhere else? Like that's where it's like infiltrating from. So when they do the tile correctly, they put a water barrier behind there. Uh -huh. But majority of the time they're not doing it correctly and they're just yes. doing it half fast and they don't put that waterproofing behind there. So all it takes is a teeny little crack and over and over again, it showers water's getting back behind there and, and feeding the mold problem. That's usually some of the nastiest mold jobs I've seen have came from just small cracks in the shower and years and years of usage. It's nasty behind there. And uh, mold spores and mycotoxins are coming right back out of the crack and, and infecting you. Yeah. Like my sister moved into a house and I guess that what they had done is regrout and like just cleaned it all up to look like there wasn't mold. And obviously like within like a month, she starts seeing it, gets it investigated the whole wall behind it. They hadn't put like a water vapor, the whole floor underneath because they had sat like the shower up on like wood or something like, and like houses are not cheap in Toronto. Like this is like an expensive house. They make it look nice for like quickly sell it, you know? And then like it was infested. Then it was in the basement. It was in the attic. It was like but unvisible yeah. or they made it like so you couldn't see it and anyways it was all just like this guy did like do it yourself kind of stuff but like yes you know and if yeah. you're buying homes beware of fix and flips <clears throat> because that's how they make their money they buy a home that's completely trashed and then they just lipstick it up with some cosmetic things and some new paint and turn around and sell it those are the ones that are going to have the biggest problems you want to buy a home if it's going to be used Buy one from somebody that's lived there the entire time that you know the history, that you can sit down with them and talk to them about the history from day one. And if they're not willing to do that or they're sneaky about it or shady or don't fill out the disclosure form, skip on it and go to the next house. It's not worth it. Yeah, that's a good tip. Don't buy other people's garbage for yeah. a high price. <laughs>
Yes. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much once again yeah, so for much answering stuff. Like my questions. Said, we could sit here and talk all day. There's so much to talk about with this stuff. But I think we covered a lot of the basic stuff. If people can follow what we talked about here, they're a good portion of the way ahead of everybody else and well on their journey. And tell all your friends because people need to know all this. Protect yourself from your environment. Yes. Yep. Thanks. We got a lot of free education too on our Instagram oh, and on our website. We got a ton of other podcasts I've done. So start there. If you're like, I don't got the money for this. Well, at least learn as much as you can and implement these free things first. And then see start how it goes. following Ryan at test my home and then learn all you can. And you're going to make small changes at a time to save your life and your families. Yes. Thanks so much, Ryan. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the what happens in Vegas podcast. To help support the show, please leave us a rating and review. Also, head to VegasClinic.com. That's V-A-G-U-S Clinic.com to check out free resources, how to work with us, and more.